In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. From today's Gospel, quote, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. This coming Thursday is Ascension Day. The Bible tells us that 40 days after Jesus rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven. Ascension Day marks the beginning of the season of Ascension. It's a short 10-day season that begins to look forward to Pentecost and the coming of the Holy Spirit. Pentecost means 50th day. So the 40 days of Easter plus the 10 days of Ascension equal the 50th day that is Pentecost. Today is called Rogation Sunday, and the next three days in the calendar are called Rogation Days. The word Rogation comes from a Latin word that means to ask or pray. The Rogation Days are days of prayer, and historically the prayer was focused on a successful harvest. You'll notice that in the prayer book, the Collect for Ascension, for a Rogation Days for, for tomorrow and the following days are about the harvest. Pentecost in the Old Testament was the celebration of the barley harvest. Agriculture is a central analogy to life in Christ. New life is planted within us in baptism. And this seed of new life grows as it is fed and cultivated by God's grace. And as it grows, it produces a harvest, what the Bible calls the fruits of the Spirit. The ultimate result of that harvest will be the resurrection on the last day. We will be given new bodies, like the body Jesus rose in on Easter, and our change into the image of Christ will be completed. For the last few Sundays, our Gospels have been from the 16th chapter of John's Gospel. In John chapter 15 and 16, Jesus explains to his disciples what life will be like after the ascension and when the Holy Spirit comes, without his bodily presence, but with the presence of the Spirit. In John 15, Jesus gives an agrarian exhortation that helps us to understand the teaching about prayer in today's gospel. Jesus says, quote, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. Here we have the very same promise, essentially, that is made in today's gospel. You can ask, we can ask whatever we want, and God will give it to us. To modern consumers, this sounds like a shopping spree of desire, sort of, genie bottle that we can rub with a free wish for health and prosperity. However, if we look closely at these passages, we will see that the prayer promises are closely connected with our relationship to Jesus. 
In John 15, Jesus said, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. In John 16, Jesus says, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. The phrase, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, are essentially equivalent to asking in my name. If we live a life of prayerful communion with the Father, through the Son, in the Holy Spirit, it is God's will to give us what we want. But if we live that life of prayerful communion with the Father, through the Son, and the Spirit, what we want will increasingly match up with what God wants. If I am in a relationship of love with another person, what I want cannot be separated from the will of the other. If I pursue only what I want in that relationship and do not take into account what the (coughs) other wants, I will move towards manipulation, and abuse. To approach God in prayer as though he were a sort of online catalog, paying no attention to God's larger will and purpose in our lives and in the world, is to reveal that we are not abiding in Christ and his word is not abiding in us. When we are young in the faith, the caveat that we can only get what we ask in my name or according to his will can sound like God is reserving the right to disappoint us. We ask for things and God wields a a perpetual and arbitrary veto pen. As we mature and have the perspective to look back on God's work in our lives, we become grateful for God's refusal to grant the petitions we asked that were not in accordance with his will. For we were stupid and we didn't even know what we wanted. Our default setting in prayer is to ask for material blessings, success in our temporal occupations and relationships and health for us and for those we love. It is not necessarily wrong to pray for these things, but God's will for us is not merely for us to live long and prosperous lives. A brief meditation on the life of Jesus, who died young and poor, will reveal this to us. God's horizon for our lives is eternity rather than time. His concern is for our holiness more than for our temporal happiness, for the satisfaction of our deep interior desires, not merely for the fulfillment of our appetites. And it is often the disruptions in our temporal happiness that open our lives up to the greater things God has for us, if we will open our eyes to see it. The prayer of Jesus in Gethsemane is the pattern Quote, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. To paraphrase, father, I want to avoid this painful death, 
but I want to submit to your will. The father's response might be stated thus. Rather than give you freedom from intense temporary pain, I choose instead to make you savior of the world and king of kings and lord of lords. How often do we continue to pray for the removal of our temporary cup of suffering without that surrender to the Father that will lead us to those higher and better things? This brings us to the central question of the gospel and the promises of prayer. What do we really want? Do we really just want to live uneventful, isolated lives, free from pain, with a material prosperity that shields us from the pain of the world around us, after which we will die and go to some better place we want to call heaven? Or do we want to abide in Christ and share in both his cross and resurrection? Do we want to be holy rather than merely happy? Do we want God to produce in us real virtues that result from a real struggle against sin and temptation, which require that we persevere through trial? Do we want to use our gifts to serve others, to help others know God and grow in his grace? Do we want the kingdom of God to come now? Do we want the hope of resurrection? Or do we want merely life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in time? What do we really want? Jesus concludes today's gospel by saying, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. In our relationship of communion with God in Christ through the Spirit, which we experience through prayer, we have peace and joy that this world and everything in it cannot give to us. But what do we really want? Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.